Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast, a place where you will feel encouraged by hearing God's stories from my friends that I share with you. Whether you're listening on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or needing a boost of encouragement after a full day, I want for you to feel seen by God, to be encouraged in your daily life, and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. I hope this finds you well with these very, very different days we're walking through. I think it's even more important to be putting truth in our hearts and our minds, so I'm really glad you're joining me today. Last week, I was so excited to visit with Candace Joseph. It was such a great conversation, hearing her walk through infertility and how she has honored the Lord through it. To listen to Candace's story, go one episode back to 126. Today's episode is with my friend, Lynn Lyle. Lynn has an incredible story of having Ewing sarcoma as a child, and then a few years ago, losing her arm after many weeks of not knowing what was wrong. Y'all, Lynn is humble, strong, and she shares from her heart that God is the one who gives her peace. You are gonna be so encouraged by Lynn today. So here we go. Well, welcome to the podcast, Lynn. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited that you're here or that we are on Zoom together. Yes. And we are newly um, homeschool moms because (laughs) our kids are home with us because we are kind of in lockdown here in Memphis, right outside of Memphis, Tennessee. And so um, it is some strange days, I'll have to say, right? It is. It's 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 crazy. Yeah. Describe it here. Yeah. Yeah. So you have, um, well, before we jump in, I want you to tell everybody who you are and a little bit about your family. Okay. Well, I'm Lynn Lyle and I'm married to Brian and we've been married 24 years. We just celebrated 24 earlier this month and we have three awesome kids. Jason is 20. He's a sophomore at Ole Miss. And Ellen is um, 17, and she's a junior. And Meredith is 12 and a half, and she is in sixth grade. Okay. So I want to go back in your story. The, and the reason um, I want to go back, because I heard you speak at a PTF meeting at school um, yeah. that our kids attend, and you shared your story. And I knew a little bit, bits and pieces of it, um, but... I was just struck by how much God had just given you such a peace through it. And just, um, I just remember you saying after throughout all of the health things that you went through is that you were just, okay, this is what God has allowed me to walk through and I'm going to do it and Mm -hmm. it's going to be okay. So I want to hear all the backstory of it. So start back when you were a kid growing up. Uh, you grew up in Memphis. Tell me, did you have any siblings? And then kind of tell me a little bit of the story at when you were a child. Yes. Well, I'm the youngest of three. I have an older brother and older sister. And um, when I was almost five years old, um, my mom said I was a hard player running outside all the time. She said one time she realized I couldn't um, straighten my left arm and couldn't bend it up all the way. And uh So she took me to the pediatrician and he took an x-ray and he sent that x-ray to um, an orthopedic surgeon and we went to see him and the doctor said, 
he saw something on that x-ray and he said, I just read about this in a medical journal and you're headed to St. Jude. Okay. So very, it moved very quickly as far as I remember, but because um, I was just before I turned five. So I was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma, which is a malignant bone tumor in my left humerus. Okay. And so um, admitted as a St. Jude patient and um, it's a research hospital. My parents had to sign off with however they wanted to treat. And um, so they started with um, radiation. I had a ton of radiation and they shrunk the tumor. It came back exactly five years later in the same spot. Mm. So I remember it was summertime and uh, I believe we were on a ski boat with another family and my dad was trying to put a life jacket on me and took, cause I was about to, um, ride on a, it's called a zip sled back then. But, uh, and I couldn't put my life jacket on cause my arm wouldn't straighten it. It wouldn't bend oh, no. so we went straight back to St. Jude and, um, it was back in the same spot. So this time they did, um, chemo and radiation. The tumor did not respond to the, um, treatments so the doctor said we can either amputate or try what they call limb salvage surgery but there's nobody at at st jude or in the south that did that kind of surgery back then so um they found a doctor in new york at uh, sloan kettering that um, said he would do the surgery and he was going to put he's going to cut the bone and put a rod in so we flew to New York. And when I got there, he realized that I was a lot smaller than he realized because I uh, had had so much radiation to twice when I was five because I was little, I was growing. Mm-hmm. And then um, again, when I was 10 to 12. And so that's a lot of radiation. I did my mm-hmm. shoulder and arm didn't grow um, oh. at the speed, you know, plus I was a little petite anyway, probably stunted my growth. So, uh, he said, well, we've got to get the tumor out. So I'm going to, um, so what he ended up doing is he took two inches of my left humerus out. He went in, he cut the bone. He didn't hit a nerve, wow. a ligament, a muscle or anything. And, um, he said, come back after you heal and I'll put the rod in. Well, we come home, I heal up and my St. Jude doctor says, you can't be operated on again because the weight of the arm, the lower part of the arm from the elbow down had pulled all the muscles and nerves and ligaments and tendons together. Mm. So she said, if he goes in to um, put the rod in, he's going to hit a nerve and you'll lose the arm. Mm. She said, never be operated on that arm. Okay. So the doctor in New York said, that's fine. He said, she probably won't have the arm past the age of 21, Mm. but, um, at least I'll get her through her teenage years. Mm. So, you know, started back to life again. And, um, well, and I want to stop you before you go on. When you had your, the first uh, treatment when you were five and then between five and 10, did you go back to school? Was it normal activities for you? Yes. My parents tried very hard to give me a normal life Sure, and, uh, and they did a great job. I mean, yeah, that was, um, I didn't want to be different. I didn't want to be treated in any way differently. And so, yeah, I was, you know, I was in, uh, brownies and girl scouts, you know, did okay. things like that. Um, I remember 
riding a horse. My dad made sure that I, you know, wow. um, got out and did things. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. I was, I got back to life. So it comes back and when you, um, and you had the uh, radiation plus the chemo and then for now they, mm -hmm. they took part of the bone out in New York and then everything was status quo until about you said that they said you would not keep your arm past the age of 21. Yes. And then the couple of years when I was about 16, um, my arm, since the humerus, you know, is above the elbow mm -hmm. from my shoulder to my elbow, my arm did not grow obviously much okay. at all. But as I grew my, from my elbow to my hand, it grew with the rest of my body. Okay. So I didn't have full use of my arm. Okay. I would pick my arm up and um, I could swing it, you know, whatever, okay. not hard, but I'd pick it up with my right hand and set it on a counter and cut an apple. Okay. I would put it in the sink to wash, you know, lettuce or whatever. I mean, I used it, but okay. it, was, it was like one and a half arms. I see. And okay. So when I was 16, um, I had lymphedema from the elbow down. So I was taught how to um, take care of the lymphedema and I uh, wore a compression garment or what they called a job sleeve back then, a glove over the hand and then one from the wrist to the elbow. Okay. So all through teenage years and probably up till I had kids, I wore job sleeve okay. all the time. And then at night I wrapped my arm in ace bandages and um, long white gauze pieces around every finger because if I didn't take care of that lymphedema, um, then the next morning I would pay for it. If I slept without anything on my arm, it would be very full and heavy okay. and hurt. Okay. So, okay. Uh, the only other thing I had was lymphedema. And what, and what is that specifically? Is that swelling in the arm? Yeah. Swelling. Okay. Okay. Swell. okay. Mm -hmm. okay. All right. So you're in your teenage years. How are you dealing with um, friendships around you? How are you dealing with being a teenager with looking different or being different? How is that? Well, I guess um, <laughs> there's two things to that. Like I'd always tell my mom, everybody's different, you know, cause she's like, well, I didn't, I'm the young, my sister and brother, Laurie and Tom, she said, well, we didn't let Laurie and Tom do those things. You know, I'm like, well, everybody's different. This is what I want to do. I can't think of a mm -hmm. specific thing, but, but also I didn't want to be treated differently either. I didn't, you did not use the word handicap around me at all. I mean, even back then I'm like, I'm not handicapped. This right. is just the way I would always, this is the way God made me. This is mm -hmm. how, even though I wasn't born like this, but this is how he created me through those years. This is how he wanted me to be. I didn't understand exactly why he has a plan. Mm -hmm. And, but I didn't, you don't use the word handicap around me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So after all that, so it was, I mean, this was not typical, but normal for you. I mean, this was yeah. like, yeah, let's, you know, I'm going to do whatever, you know, my brothers and sisters did. Yes. Um, so when did it become an issue where you were headed to surgery as an adult? Because these years have passed since you were 16, you had that and you always had the sleeve on. Yes. Um, so that was something that you had through college and, and when you were in your, 
you know, married early married life. Yes. And so just, you know, trekking on through the years, I um, took care of the lymphedema, took care of my arm, my right arm, took care of my left arm just naturally. So August 1st of 2017, I woke up middle of the night with this shooting pain down my arm. It was mainly coming. uh, I couldn't even, it was so much pain. I couldn't tell if it was coming from my shoulder Mm. all the way down, but it was just shooting toward my hand. And so I jumped up out of bed and the way my arm was, you know, like I would just kind of have to tilt it or turn it to Mm -hmm. like, did it get twisted? You know, Mm -hmm. what, what's going on? And, um, so it kind of went away. Then every night it did that. And then it got to where after a couple of weeks, it was pain all day long. Mm -hmm. So a couple of weeks into August, uh, I went to Brian and I said, okay, something's wrong. This pain is constant. This is never, I've never felt this way before. So through this, um, I was having a lot of tears because I always remember that doctor saying to me that, well, she won't have the arm past the age of 20, 21 anyway. So it always in the back of my mind, how am I going to lose my arm? How long will I have my arm? So I'll pray about it, especially when I got married my prayer was, um, Lord, I want to be able to have my kids and um, take care of them as babies, change their diapers, carry them, pick them up, put them to bed. I did it a little bit differently than everybody else, maybe, because I didn't have a full left arm, but I did it. And another thing, even having kids, St. Jude had told me at 16, they weren't sure that I could even have kids because they I had so much radiation and the chemo drugs I was given, they didn't know. Well, the Lord blessed us there. So, yes. You know, I had that thought in the back of my head, you know, since I was 21 or, you know, teenager, how am I going to lose it? How long will I have it? You know, it it wasn't something that I dwelt on. It was just there. Mm -hmm. But I will say the two years leading up to August of 2017, I will say it became bigger in the back of my mind. Um. I wasn't having any pain or any additional trouble, but it was just, I I remember having that thought more. How am I going to lose my arm? Am I going to be an old lady and have grandchildren? And, or am I going to die with it? Or am I going to be in a car wreck and I wake up and Brian's going to say, well, your arm was amputated, you know, Mm. (laughs) these crazy thoughts, but I would put them out. I mean, I would just, Mm. I just wouldn't dwell on it. I would just put them away. You know, that I'm not going there because I don't know. Only God knows. I was out running an errand one day and um, I was crying behind my sunglasses on the way because I was in pain, constant pain. Mm. Um, And I walked into, so I got to my destination. I went to the public restroom and nobody else was in there. And I I walked in and the Lord said to me, Lynn, I've got this. I'm going to take care of you. I've got this. Hmm. It was like this, the weight on my chest and my back was lifted. I mean, it was just like, okay, he knows he is hearing me Hmm. and he's got this. So I said, Lord, then what do I do? And, and in that moment, like I heard him say, I've got this, but always I could tell he was saying it's going to be amputated. I, for the first time I could actually say I'm losing my arm and it's going to be amputated and that's okay. 
Mm. We were all in that. He gave me that peace right then. And so then as I came home and I told Brian what had happened and I said, okay, we got to figure this out. The Lord, we've got to, The Lord's going to show us. We got to get to the doctor. He wants to. So what's going to happen? So, um, and with this, I mean, I was sleeping less and less. I was sleeping mm. two to three hours a night. Mm. Um, and, but I was sleeping on our living room couch, sitting up with my pillow in my lap with my left arm hanging mm. off the couch because nothing could touch it. Um, by September, my left hand was in a fist and I couldn't even open it. And um, to wash it, I would just let water run down it. I put a little bit of soap on it because it hurt to touch it. Mm. It was just getting worse and worse. So um, after the Lord had told me that and Brian and I talked about, okay, so what do we do? You know, still visits to the neurologist saying that's what it is. So in the meantime, I was at school picking up one of my kids. I was parked next to a friend of mine and I told her what was going on. And she goes, now remember, you know, my husband is a radiologist. He will be glad to, um, you know, read your childhood records and kind of, you know, get you to some people that you need to talk to. Oh, wow. Great. Thanks. So I came home and I took, made copies of all my records and what this neurologist was treating me as and treating me for then. And so I made the copies and just put it in my car. And I thought, well, I feel silly calling her and telling her. So I'll just keep in my car in case I run into her again. Mm-hmm. So after that, we had another visit with the um, neurologist. And she, you know, Brian went with me and she said, things are not better. We don't think this is it. So she called in a colleague and he came in and he said, well, she's got cancer. She needs to have a, a PET scan and a full body bone scan. So I think the, this was the Lord. I know this was the Lord too, because cancer had not really entered. I mean, it had gone through my mind, but I did. it wasn't at the forefront of my mind that that's what this was. Mm-hmm. And so I went for the PET scan, negative. Mm-hmm. Thank goodness there's nothing there. So, went, so then the next step was the bone scan and Brian and I were at um, Methodist Germantown sitting there waiting to be called back. And Eric, the ra- my friend's husband, who's a radiologist mm-hmm. walked by with another guy and we're like, we didn't, they were talking. So we didn't want to interrupt him. Like, Oh, that's Eric. And we were like, I didn't know he worked here. You know, this hospital mm-hmm. five minutes later, he walks back by by himself and we mm-hmm. stand up and he goes, what are you doing here? Mm. and his wife had told him what was going on so he was just like what are you here for and and told him for a a full body bone scan and he said well I'm the radiologist here today reading those wow and he said what else did the doctor order and we said nothing and he so the nurse came out and he said you call her doctor we're going to add this this and this because if the first one's negative they're going to send her back anyway Mm. we're going to get it all done today Perfect. And he did all the scans right there and then. Mm. And then it, so he brought us back into a room and he said, unfortunately, I did not find anything. He said, I can see there's a problem, you know, looking at you. He said, but nothing shows up. And he said, you know, if you want me to, I will help you get to the bottom of this. And we said, yes, we need direction. Mm. You know, just he, Brian said, 
one doesn't feel that it's radiation neuropathy, but the treatment that we're getting is not working. Mm. It's not getting any better. So we, um, he said, okay, well, I'll let me do some research. So at the end of our meeting with him, he said, let me pray. So in his prayer, he said, thank you that I was here today. And so when he finished the prayer, Brian said, well, are you not normally here? And he said, no, I don't normally, the group that he's with, he said, I don't normally work at Methodist Germantown. He said there was just, they needed somebody there that day. And he goes, I hadn't probably worked there in a couple of years. And wow. he said, in fact, when I showed up that morning, he said, my badge didn't work. Wow. And so where he said, that was a security guard leading me down to security to get my badge rescanned. Mm -hmm. And he goes, I was on my way up from security when you saw me. Wow. He said, in fact, in nine years of me being with this company, he said, I've never walked down that hallway. <gasps> oh my goodness. And Brian and I just looked at each other and we both knew it was like, I cannot wait to tell the kids this. The Lord worked all that out. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of it. Yes. From putting him at the hospital that day, me there that day. I mean, that was a big deal, mm -hmm. you know? So after that, after the Lord had told me that in that restroom that day, things started changing in me and just the situations. Mm -hmm. It was like, I was seeing glimpses, you know, not glimpses. I was seeing God's hand because mm -hmm. that was huge. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, and we talked about earlier how we were, I was saying, you know, I remember seeing you share your story in that PTF meeting a couple of years ago and or last year and how you were such at peace of all that. And I said, that was so incredible to see because that's opposite of what I am. And you said, well, that's opposite of what you are. So yeah. are you normally someone who is thinking about things and processing it in a different way? And then God just totally overwhelmed you with his peace. Yes, he, yeah, because I have a tendency, I'm, I'm a worrier, I have fear, you know, and so yeah, that it was just, I can still hear it. And when he told me that, that he was going to take care of it, I believed him. I heard it. Mm. It was almost like it was audio in my head. That's why he confirmed it. And, mm. but yes, normally I try to figure it out or I'll fret, I feel like a, I used to think, oh, well, I got to fret about it. So mm -hmm. then it'll be fixed, you know, but no, it was just things changed. Yes, I was still in pain and the days were long, but I could see his hand and, you know, that situation right there of him putting Eric that there, there that day was huge. Mm. Brian works from home and I remember I was, it was a really bad day. I was having so much pain. I told Brian, I said, I'm not going to make it till Monday. Mm. I said, something has got to be done because I was so afraid they were going to call back. Oh, come see him in the next week. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And I told him, I said, I'm just not going to make it. So it this is mm. really bad. You know, yeah. and I yeah. wasn't being dramatic. I was just had to tell somebody and he, yeah. he was hearing me out. He sat and listened to everything. Yeah. And um, so the next day we get a call and said that Dr. Garrett and Dr. Neal will be in surgery um, on Thursday. So Dr. Garrett's nurse is the one that's setting this up because those two doctors work together mm. a lot. She said, I want you to come to Dr. Garrett's office and Mike Neal will walk over when he finishes surgery. 
So we go, the nurse takes us back to Dr. Garrett's office. I mean, like where his diplomas are, his family oh, wow. his desk. We're sitting there for about 10 minutes and Dr. Garrett walks in. Full scrubs, his lamp thing on his head, his lunch wow. box. And he knew while we were there that we were waiting for Dr. Neal. Mm. And um, so we chit chat. 10 minutes later, Dr. Neal walks in. And I stood up and I realized, oh my goodness, this is a blessing. Mm. I've got both doctors that I want their opinions right yeah. here in the same room. Wow. That never happens. Mm. Never. So the wow. Lord knew that I needed both of them together mm. at the same time. Yeah. So Dr. Neal pulled up my sleeve, showing Dr. Neal, and he said, um, if you beg me, I could do a bypass. I could do blah, 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 blah. He was explaining it took a couple of minutes. I said, I'm not going to beg you mm. because it needs to be amputated. Doesn't it? And I said, yes. He goes, okay. He goes, well, let me think. He said, I'm already full tomorrow for surgery. And I was like, oh, tomorrow. And he mm. goes, well, you just said you need to be amputated. We agreed. And I said, what? I just, that just made it real that you said yeah. tomorrow. Yeah. So I get a call on Friday said, we want you to go to the hospital on Saturday at noon, you're going to be admitted and they're going to do blood work, a couple of tests and Dr. Neal will come in Sunday morning and do your surgery. Wow. I felt bad mm. that I was making him come to work on a Sunday. Uh -huh, uh -huh. What better day? Everybody's going to be at church praying for That's you. right. Have it, you know? <laughs> wow. So, um, it was like I was counting the minutes till I was admitted because I was, the pain was mm -hmm. so bad. Mm. And, um, the, doc, the hospital doctor came in and said, well, you, you know, your arm is septic. I mean, it's infected, which we knew it was, but he mm. said, good thing I'm having this done tomorrow. He said, you wouldn't make it till Monday. He said, it would be in your bloodstream. He said, the uh -huh. arm is infected. And, and so everything kept pointing to Monday. Cause I told Brian, I'm not going to make it till Monday. Mm -hmm. That doctor said that, you know, so it was just a neat, another confirmation. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, on January 7th, 2018, I had my arm amputated mm. by um, Dr. Neal. Wow. And so when you woke up from the surgery, do you remember waking up? How did you feel? I know there's probably, a, you know, emotionally, physically, all of that. Yes. It felt like things were moving in slow motion. Mm. It took me a little bit to you know because i had a huge bandage on mm -hmm. my arm and my shoulder i had it i had it in my mind how big it would how long it would be you know we had talked about that but mm -hmm. with my left shoulder being so small from all the radiation you know it didn't develop like my right side mm -hmm. um and i just i knew he had to shave up a little bit on the bone you know mm -hmm. so i was going to have a in other words, I was going to have a short stub mm -hmm. and I will say the word stub. It took me months to be able to say that because mm -hmm. I didn't like that word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in fact, when I was in the hospital after, you know, we were, I, I remember my kids and Brian were there and said something and I told, I mentioned I didn't like the word stub. And mm -hmm. so my son has said, well, righty tighty, lefty loosey. So just meaning that there's no left arm. So it just kind of became Lucy for a little bit. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. That was the nickname. 
that it, I could tell it when he said that I thought, okay, my kids are going to be okay. Mm. You know, that yes, it's hard right now, but they're going to be okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying, so after that, I mean, it, it took me, um, I had to start by with my right hand touching my shoulder, you know, while I was in the hospital, just getting, um, I didn't want to look at it yet. It took me, you know, that day for a couple of days just to kind of feel it with my right hand mm. and get used to it. But I eventually got there. Mm. So. so tell me what God taught you about himself during this time, during your surgery, before the surgery, after the surgery, and any scripture that you just really were, you were clinging to during that time. Oh, yes. Well, really this whole time, the Lord gave me, these have been verses that have kind of been a part of my lot in my entire life, but mm. I had five Bible verses that I'd written on index cards that I carried with me everywhere in the car, in my purse. Um, I would, you know, being at home, I would just stop and pray them right then. And, you know, first one is just trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him because he will make your path straight. And my prayer was, well, this was through these months, you know, what path, where are we going? Who do we talk to? You know, so that was the prayer with that one. And then the other one was, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And so I was just, you know, Jesus, I need you. That was really what I kept going back to after I would read that verse is just, Jesus, I need you. Mm -hmm. And um, he knew, I felt like he knew what I was saying. Mm -hmm. that. I couldn't even put into words. I knew that he knew everything I was going through, but all I could say was, Jesus, I need you. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, I prayed that a lot. Um, the other one is, um, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans for hope and a future. Mm -hmm. So, I think slowly through this, it felt like those five months were in slow motion that mm. I was learning through them because the Lord wanted me to learn through this. So I stopped long enough to learn it. I wanted to learn what he was, he has a plan, you know, all those years, you know, from me having my surgery, going through cancer and having the surgery, I always felt like he had a plan, like, well, what is the plan? Where, you know, what does he want me to do with this? Yeah. And I kind of felt like, oh, here it is. Mm. Okay. So things are changing. And so I thought he has a future for me. He told me that, you know, through these verses and through prayer and him telling me he's got this, he's going to take care of me, that um, I have hope and that he has a future for me. Um, another one is that do not fear from, uh, and do not, do, do not be dismayed for I'm your God. I will strengthen you and help you and I'll uphold you with my righteous right hand. Um, cause like I said earlier, I mean, generally I went to fear first and, um, just my human instinct rather than him. And I so relied on him so much 
that, um, and I liked the picture with this verse because uh, it ends with, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I just loved that. I felt like he's carrying me mm-hmm. in his hand. I'm having trouble with my hand, but he's got me and he is carrying me. Um, so I loved that verse too. You know, read it a lot. And then, um, uh, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and I like the translation that says of sound mind. Um, through that, I felt like I was in so much pain, I couldn't um, form a thought sometimes. That was Brian was always my sounding board. I would, you know, him working at home, I'd walk into his office, okay, so this is what I'm thinking now. Does this make sense? You know, <laughs> and, and he was very good to explain it or just help me talk through my thoughts. Very good listener. He just, he was there and helped me form a thought because I felt like I was in so much pain and getting two to three hours of sleep a night. I was just existing. Yeah. um, But so I would pray for a sound mind Mm. that I wanted to grasp what was going on. So those were the main scriptures that I um, carried with me everywhere. I love that. I love that you took them wherever you went. I yes. love that. I think that's so important to have his word in our hearts and our minds and also to look at, to have them on note cards and to have those on repeat, on repeat yes. and how we need to do that. Well, what would you say? Here's my last question before we do our little fun, little round, my eat, read, love round. But what would you say to the woman who is right now struggling? Maybe she has had a new um, health diagnosis. Um, maybe it's something about, you know, now that with this kind of the virus going around with the lockdown and or staying at home um, and she's just overwhelmed with homeschooling is new to her maybe and she has kids and she does it. She's, she's just struggling. What would you say to her today? Well, I guess the first thing I want to say is don't jump to fear first because um, I felt like that's what I used to do. And then I'm sure there's still times that I do, but I stop myself and just run to my closet, get on my knees and Jesus, I need you. That's the first thing. And then I try to form a prayer and Lord, give me scripture, give me words and, um, and a sound mind. I want to be able to think logically through this rather than jump to fear and crawl in a hole and just wait till it's over. Mm. And um, he doesn't want us to do that. He's got a plan. He's got a plan for everybody. And I think that's why I felt like I was going through slow motion through that is that he wanted me to grasp that, to connect with his word that he had a word for me. So I would just ask him for a word, you know, mm. what, what word, what scripture would they have them in the, and like I said, write them down and carry them everywhere. And just, you know, when you feel those tears coming, we've that pain coming, go right to them. Mm. That's good. Part of my, after my surgery, I realized like I'm okay. So mm. like what's going on here? Two and a half months after my surgery, um, Brian said we need it was spring break. We need to get go out of town with the kids. He took them snow skiing. I said, "Don't rent me any skis." But first day there, you know, they're skiing down, and I was like, "I gotta try." Mm. So I'd been released from my doctor. He said, "Sure, 
you know, ski. So I skied for three days. Wow. Later that year, um, my husband and I and a couple of my kids ran um, the St. Jude half marathon. So I wanted to show my kids that I could, you know, no matter what God gives you, um, you got to work through it and that he's going to help you through it and that life was normal. And at my one year, I call it my one year anniversary, my one year anniversary of losing my arm, my arm being amputated. I told Brian, I said, I'm having a hard time because I feel like I'm my hard time was I'm trying to put it into words. What's going on in my mind. How many people can say that they're okay after a life I've had cancer twice as a child when I was um, in the sixth grade, right after my surgery, um, our house burned mm. electrical wiring. And so, but we were all my parents and brother and sister and dog. We all made it out fine. Mm. The Lord took care of us through that. Uh, when I got married, I got married with the chicken pox. Mm. I had, I was always pulled out of school when it was going around because um, there wasn't a vaccine back then. And, um, so the day I got married, I had the chicken pox. Um, we couldn't go on our honeymoon, so it was paid for. So my parents went on our honeymoon. And then having my arm amputated, you know, as an adult with three kids and being a wife, you know, I was like, how many people can say that they're okay mm. after all that? But I've seen what the Lord has done through my life. He was building a story, and I just... I feel like I've been given a gift. That, that was another word that I felt like he gave me this gift that I'm okay. He has carried me through all this, this, this that has gone on in my life. And that's a gift because he has carried me through all of that. So mm. I just wanted to, maybe that will help somebody somewhere, but that um, no matter what, God has taken you through there. He's there with you. Ask him to show you and slow you down to let you have that sound mind so you can accept it. And then I want to tell others how much he has blessed me mm. through losing my arm. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing your story with me today. And my listeners, I know um, just encouraging to hear how God works in the details. I mean, that's just what I keep thinking about as you're talking is God is at work all the time and he is at work in the details. Yes. Like amazingly. Yes, yeah. yeah. Okay. So we, you just talked about gifts a little bit of, I've seen things as gifts and um, I bet you look around you every day and say, well, that's a gift. That's a gift. That's a gift. Mm-hmm. Tell me, okay, I know this is kind of a funny segue, but my last segment is eat, read, love. But tell me how you see gifts in your everyday, in what you're eating, what you're reading, what you're loving. Well, I guess gift is that uh, with one arm, I can put dinner on the table. Mm, <laughs> That's yeah. you know, one of my gifts and my kids and my husband. But the thing that I'm eating is pimento cheese with mm. blue corn chips. Oh, yum. I have not tried that combo. Yes. I hate to say it. My family thinks it's awful and they won't stay in the room while I'm eating it now. So that's my (laughs) quick go-to lunch. Yeah. And then like when I go in to cook dinner and say I'm already hungry and I'm Uh like, I got to have energy to cook dinner. Uh So I'll grab a little bowl and some chips and I'll put it in there and 
then I'll start dinner. Then I'm like, okay, I'm good now. I'm good now. Yes, I feel that way. I feel like I need to eat through <laughs> cooking dinner. I need, I need some stamina here, right? Yeah, Especially now that, we're out. <laughs> now that we're cooking every day. Yeah. <laughs> Three meals a day or getting takeout or whatever. But wow, yeah. And what are you loving? We have a puppy. Oh. <laughs> so um, our other had died um, about a year and a half ago. So uh, four months after that, we got another puppy, another Australian shepherd. And so we are all loving her. She has okay. brought uh, an exciting life around. She <laughs> loves to play. And uh, so that's what, that's what we're all living on right now. Okay. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing with us your story and how God works everything out. And he is faithful. He is faithful to be with you no matter what. And he's got it. I love how you said he's got this. He's got yep. this. And so wherever we all are today, if we're homeschooling our kids at home, our newly homeschooled life, <laughs> if we're going to work or if we're working from home or whatever we are doing that we know he's got this and he's got us. So yes. thank you so much you for coming so much on. for having me on. I told you she is precious. And the neatest thing about Lynn is that she has chosen peace through every part of her journey. And I was just so encouraged by that. And I hope you were encouraged from listening today. I would love to hear. And also remember, all of the links will be at wrenrobbins.com for you to catch those. And I want to say thank you to all of the essential workers out there, especially those in healthcare. They are on the front lines. We are so grateful to you and we are praying for you. Okay, that's going to do it today. Remember, we're all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week and I'll see you next time. Bye, friend. Thank you.